So this morning, I get to jump in changing gears. Are you guys good to change gears a little bit? So talking about safety of human life, this is kind of, I'll segue a little bit. The idea is God wants you to live a life that is enjoyable. Do you know there's not a God up in heaven that wants to make your life miserable, that wants to take away all the fun things, all like, I don't know, my kids plug their ears, right? (laughs) Sex is having fun. God made it fun. But he made it in order. He made it that you should be in marriage, right? There's things that the world thinks are fun. And God says, I don't come to steal all the fun from your life. I've come to make it actually that your life is abundant. It's actually overflowing with life. So the enemy comes to tempt us with things that might actually be good things. But when they're not done God's way, they're destructive. They actually lead to bondage. And that's kind of where I want to head this morning. This morning, I'm going to talk still on this series or this idea that we've been talking about since the beginning of the year of a divine design. God has a divine design for our lives, and his design is for you to experience freedom. We all were born into sin, right? All of us came out of our mother's womb, and the moment we breathed air, we were born into a sinful world, and we were born with a sinful nature. We we are sons of Adam and Eve, sons and daughters, and in that, we have a bent towards sin. We have a craving and desire to do things selfishly, right? I know I have four kids, one of their first words was mom or dad. I always try to make them say dad, dad, dad first before mama. That was always one of the things I tried to get them to say. But inevitably, probably one of the first five words they said, mine or no, right? Where did that come from? I didn't teach them to say no. I didn't teach them to say mine. But it's just something within a, a child, they are selfish. And they want to say, no, I don't want to obey you. I want to do what I want to do. And that is in all of us, Right? And God is saying, I didn't come to make your life miserable. You just have to be my slave and do whatever I say, and I'm going to take away all fun from your life. That's not what God says. I've come, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and that you might have it more abundantly. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life, and I've come to give you life, right? But the enemy twists and perverts things, right? Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they were living a perfect life in perfect harmony. Everything was perfect, right? Everything was great. And yet the enemy came and said, yeah, but God's withholding something from you. you. You can't eat from that one tree. There's only one thing you can't do, and God wants to steal your joy and make life miserable. You can't do it. What a horrible God. And Adam and Eve agreed with them and went and disobeyed and ate, and now we all of a sudden nature, right? So I'm not trying to go through all this, but the idea is I want you to know that God wants you to have freedom. His divine design is for you to enjoy life. And so this morning, if I had to title this morning's message, is divine design, freedom and order right? This idea of freedom and order. Where do I get that? Really quick, there's some Bible verses. Um, first one, Corinthians, right? I think a lot of, we quote this all the time. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. All right. Do you agree with that statement? Amen. All right. Let me read to you Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. It says this about the Holy Spirit. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. We'll stop there. If you know the rest of the story, there was chaos. And the Spirit of the Lord brought order. Brought a sense of, we need to have some structure here. So let me ask you a question. Does the Holy Spirit bring order and structure? Does the Holy Spirit bring freedom? Yes. Yes. Oh, good. I'm going to ask again because my family knows. But hopefully you know the right answer. Does the Spirit of the Lord bring freedom or does the Spirit of the Lord bring order and structure? Yes, thank you. He brings both, and they're not competing. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit is not competing with the Father who has this great design, and the Holy Spirit's like, no, I just want freedom. God, I know you have this design, but I want freedom. And so they're constantly 
competing with each other. No, there's no competition. The same Holy Spirit that brings freedom is the same Holy Spirit that brings order and structure into our lives. And I just was thinking about these two verses. Can I tip my hat and say where I want to end? I'll just say it now, and then we'll kind of read some more stuff, and we'll get back to it again. The reality is, many of us in our lives, we've got some chaos going on. We've got some selfish decisions going on. We've got some things where we are not under the Holy Spirit brooding over us, bringing order and structure. And God is saying this morning, he wants to bring order to your life. He wants to bring wisdom. Actually, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Wisdom. He wants to bring wisdom into your life. But some of us, we're living in bondage. We're living restricted, and we need freedom, right? And the Spirit of the Lord wants to bring freedom. Some of us, can I say, I just personality bents. Some of us, we, we like more freedom than others. Uh, just using my wife and I example. My wife, if we go on vacation, she likes to have everything planned out by the hour. Where we're going, what hotel we're staying in, when we're going to get there, what time. She wants everything figured out, and that's, it's really helpful. For me, I'm like, oh, I feel restricted. Like, what if I want to stay longer at this place because we're having fun, and oh, well, we don't get to the other things because I just want to have fun. Like, I like my freedom. Ah, right? Am I more right or is she more right? No, yes, right? We're just different. We're different, right? It's not right or wrong. It's just different. So there's, there are some things I'm trying to get you to say, it is right for you to have freedom in your life. It is right for you to have structure and order in your life. There are things that in our personality bents, it might not be a right or wrong. It might just be a different thing. And that's okay. Uh, can I just be like real and honest with you? Uh, Pastor Nick leading worship this morning, is it different than, than Daniel leading worship? They're different people. Is one more right than the other? No, they're just different. But ask Randy, who's easier to follow? Who has more freedom up here to do whatever they feel like, right? Right? Nick is having fun just worshiping the Lord, picking whatever you know, song he wants, and, and we're enjoying God's presence. Does that mean he's wrong or right? No, there's just actual bents towards things. And I love, I'm declaring, the spirit of freedom is in this place. I don't always want to be stuck rigidly to anything. I don't want to be in a rut. I want the spirit of the Lord to brood over here and bring freedom. Where the spirit, I love that verse. I like reading it in different translations. And one translations, translations, one translation, it says, where the spirit is made Lord, there is freedom. So I get it. Where the spirit, where the Holy Spirit is, he brings freedom. But I like that idea too. Where the Holy Spirit is made Lord, where I'm not the one making all the decisions, where I say, Holy Spirit, you get to make all the decisions, when he becomes Lord, he brings freedom. I, I'm saying that sometimes my wife is more orderly than I am. She'll tell you it's not always the case. If you look at our closet and the way I hung, hang my clothes, I used to have white hangers and blue hangers and black hangers, and they would drive me nuts because I didn't have enough blue hangers for my blue shirts and black hangers for my black shirts. And so I finally was like, oh, I can't handle it. So they're all white hangers, right? But they're all facing the same direction, all my white Undershirts are together. My white shirts with a logo, they're all next together. They're all facing the same direction. They, I mean, I ha, there's order to my, to my closet. Jen's closet doesn't look the same exact way as mine. <laughs> so I'm just being honest. With you, that it's not right or wrong. Those are just different things, right? So for me, there, I'm using that as an example. There's times in my life where the Holy Spirit, I say slap. I know everyone has a different relationship. Some, I said that one time. People were offended, like, oh, Holy Spirit slaps past. I'm like, yeah, he does. I don't know what else to say. Like, I, I, need, I grew up. Maybe it's because of my mom. My mom used to slap my mouth. If I talked back, I got a slap in the mouth, right? If I did things I wasn't supposed to do, I got spanked. So I feel like the Lord just 
treats me like my parents did, right? So there's times where I'm so bent up and so like things have to be in order and I don't like all this chaos and the Holy Spirit slaps me. It's not chaos, Ryan. It's freedom. I'm bringing freedom. Stop trying to control what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, I needed a slap in the face. Okay, this is freedom. Stop being so restrictive, right? If you're wife is at home doing your laundry for you and she puts a shirt wherever she felt it was supposed to go in there, right, in the closet. Don't get so bent out of shape, right? Be grateful for what you have, right? All those different things. I'm just giving examples to you. There's times where I'm the opposite, where I'm, I love my freedom and I just love not having a plan and the Holy Spirit's like, Ryan, get your act together. Let's come up with a plan. Let's figure this out, right? So I'm being real with you. I'm not just one or the other. I'm both. I need the Holy Spirit to say, Ryan, let my, let my spirit have freedom to do what I want to do right now. Stop controlling and restricting me. And there's times where my flesh wants to do whatever I want to do. And he's like, no, this needs to be done decent and in order. This needs to be done my way, not however you feel like it. Kind of going back again to what we've been talking about for the last several weeks. We're looking at Exodus and Moses coming, bringing the people of Israel out of Egypt, right? They were slaves. They were in bondage, right? And freedom came. Woo! They were all free. Hallelujah, we're no longer under Pharaoh. We're no longer slaves. We can do whatever we want to do. And now God comes on Mount Sinai and says, all right, I got 10 commandments for you. You don't get to do whatever you want to do. I, I made you free, but now here's some things you have to do to stay in your freedom, to live in freedom. Because if you don't follow what I say, you're going to do whatever you think you want to do, and that's actually the enemy telling you. Can I tell you, there's really only two masters we all want to be our own masters. I, I like being in charge sometimes. I, I, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. I'm fickle, I guess. But there's times where I want to do it my way. And I think it's my way. But the reality is, it's either God's way or the enemy's way. I think I have a lot of... There is a permissive will, and I don't want to get too in the weeds of all this. There is a permissive will in God. There's, there's a sovereign will of God, which cannot change. You cannot change the sovereign will of God. From Genesis to Revelation to all of eternity, he's got a will. He's got things he's set in motion that no man can change. Then there's... We're creating his image with a freedom to choose things. And so I, I use this, the story and example of, of Esther, right? I love when Mordecai, her uncle, says, Esther... You were born for such a time as this. You were placed as a, as a queen in the royal court for you to go say something to save the nation of Israel. But if you don't do it, God will find someone else. The sovereign will is God's going to save his people. You're in the place right now where he set everything in order for you to do this, but you have free will. You can choose not to do it or do it. But God will save his people, whether it's from you or someone else, right? So she does have still free will. It's the same thing with us. There is a sovereign will for it. There's a sovereign divine design for you, and there's also freedom for you to choose. Tons of scripture, but I feel like I'll do this first. I didn't feel like it was a coincidence. My mom has been blaming me that I've been using her a lot in my sermons, and she's been sending me all these Instagram pictures and stuff of, beware, you know, this, anything you say can be used in the pastor's sermon. And um, I'm like, yes, that's true. So my mom gets that a lot. And so... Didn't know, I was in my, my mom took me somewhere the other day, last week, and she reminded me of a story she's told me before, and I was like, that goes right along with what I'm preparing in my sermon. She didn't know it then. But um, Dr. Dobson, does anyone know who he is? From a while ago. But he wrote a lot of books about parenting and um, different things. And um, my mom heard him, I think maybe it was maybe in person, heard him speak at a conference, and he shared a story where he was a principal of an elementary school. 
And I don't know, I remember all the details. My mom maybe can clarify you later, although she's not great with details either, so she might not be able to. Um, but she knows the gist of the story, that somehow he was in charge of this school. He's the principal, and I don't know if the construction was going on or what, but all the fences around the field, the playground, and where the kids would play, all the fences were taken down. And he observed how all the kids were freaked out with no fences. And the street was right there, and so all the kids huddled together away from the edges. And they just, they didn't have any freedom. They just kind of stayed together and were scared of, of the outside world that was all going around. And a few weeks went by and they were able to put up new or whatever it was, they put the fences back up again. And the day the fences went back up, it was a completely different field of playground. All the kids stopped huddling and they used the entire playground. They ran everywhere. They ran all to the edges and they were having freedom running all around within their boundaries. When there was no boundaries, they didn't have freedom. When there was boundaries, they had tons of freedom. It's a great picture of what it's like for you and I in the spirit realm. When we choose to reject God's boundaries and do whatever we want to do, we think that's freedom. We think, ah, no walls. No, God can't tell me what to do, what I have to do. I can do whatever I want to do. The reality is you're putting yourself in bondage. You're becoming a slave to sin. When you choose to say, God, I come under your authority, I choose to make you Lord where the Spirit is made Lord. Oh, there's freedom. A good analogy uh, during early morning prayer, one of the leaders said that under the shadow of the Almighty, I was praying, talking about being under God's covering, and they, they were re revealing that, yes, when we're under the shadow, when we're under God's shadow, there's all kinds of freedom. The moment we take one step, like one step still in his shadow, one step outside of his shadow, and we think that's freedom. Ha ha, I don't have to be under the shadow. I can go wherever I want to go. Now you just put your foot in the enemy's territory. You open the door. He's now grabbing a hold of you. He's now messing up your life. The reality is the Holy Spirit wants to bring order and structure into your life, not to restrict you, but to bring freedom. I know our earthly fleshly minds can't really figure this out completely, but it's a spiritual truth. If you choose to come under the word of the Lord, you choose to come under his instructions, you experience incredible freedom. Our natural minds don't understand that. But it's so true. Hmm. So I was talking about Exodus, right? The people of Israel, they leave bondage. They're experiencing freedom for the first time. They're no longer chained. They're no longer having to do the same thing every single day. They're allowed to go and be outside in the wilderness. They're able to go do what they want. And the moment that Moses is up on the mountain with God, getting all the commandments and getting all the instructions for the tabernacle, I told you, there's all these ornate, detailed instructions to what the tabernacle is supposed to look like. And while that's happening, you guys remember, I told you last week, in chapter 32... What did the Israelites do? They made themselves a golden calf. Moses was gone for 40 days with no food or water, so they figured he's a goner. So let's come up with a new, new master, a new God. Let's do whatever we feel like. Let's make a God in, in our image. Let's make a God that we want to worship. And so there's this verse. It says this in Exodus 32, 25. When Moses came down the hill, Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had, not, had let them get out of control and so became a laughingstock to their entire enemy. While Moses was getting instructions and detailed orders, they were getting out of control and being wild. 
And now the enemy was laughing at them. Maybe this isn't for everybody. There's got to be at least one person in here. That, this is specifically for you. So listen up, this is for you. Someone in this room, you've been running wild. You've been doing things your way. You've stepped out from under his covering, and the enemy is laughing at you. And today, God is kind enough to tell you, hey, let's stop having the enemy laugh at you. We can fix it really easy. Just receive my grace. Just receive my forgiveness. Just come and make me the Lord of your life. And I can stop. I can shut the enemy's mouth. I can release you from his bondage. I can bring freedom. Just make me Lord and I'll bring you freedom. But you have to agree that I get to say what's orderly and what's not orderly. I get to tell you what to do. It's a trade. Make me your Lord instead of you being your Lord. Make me your Lord and I'll give you incredible freedom. I was reading this verse. They were running wild and getting out of control. Maybe that's not for some one individual who's in the room that is going off being the prodigal son, just doing everything opposite of what God wants. It could be just an attitude. Any attitude that we don't check, any attitude that we just let get out of control, any thought that we don't take captive and we let fester, any emotion we have. I've said this a thousand times, right? Emotions make horrible masters, but great slaves. Emotions, we're, cre we're creating God's image. Emotions come from God. Is it a sin to be angry? God's word says, in your anger, do not sin. Because he knows most of the time when you get angry, we're bent towards sin. But the reality is, there is a righteous anger. We are supposed to be angry. It's, it's a good emotion. But again, it's an emotion that does not make a great master. It's an emotion that makes a great slave. God's word, God, I come under the truth of your word. I feel this way right now, but I'm not going to make a decision or act on what I feel. I'm not going to let my emotions run wild. <laughs> I don't know why this thought came to my mind. I've, I haven't listened to him in a while, but I used to listen to Dennis Prager a lot when I was driving around in my work truck. And um, he would say this. I just came to my mind. I felt like maybe I was supposed to say it. For men, a big struggle that most men have is their sexual life. They've got to rein it under control. There's something about men that we want to see things, we want to think about things, we want to do things that needs to be in control. And that's, that's, that's a fight for a lot of men. And God is saying, if you do it my way, you bring it under, there's great freedom, there's great enjoyment in life. You do things outside my way, it brings destruction. It brings chaos. It brings a horrible life to live. And I love this. Dennis Prager said, that's what men have to fight. You know what women have to fight? Their emotions. He's like... Sometimes in society, we just blame all the men for all their misbehavior. He's like, but really, women need to control their emotions. It's not that men don't either, but he's just saying women have a, a bigger uphill battle with their emotions. You can't just let whatever emotion comes rule your life. You don't get to treat people however you feel. Again, Dennis Prager, I love that. It's natural for me to wake up in the morning and have dragon breath. I wake up in the morning, and if I go breathe on my kids, oh, they're like, Dad, that's disgusting, right? But it's natural. It's just, it's just what my body produces. Thank goodness I brush my teeth in the morning, and I do something about that natural flavor in my mouth. It might be natural for you to have emotions, 
Well, do something about it. Stop spewing all your bitterness all around me. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be a part of it, right? Get your emotions under control. They're running wild. Moses came back and saw these people running wild with foolish things. Like, what are you guys doing, right? There needs to be some structure and some order, some discipline. There needs to be some things that, like, I don't just get to do whatever I feel, whatever I think. We think that's freedom, but it leads to chaos, God is saying, it's not that these are competing. It's like, no, I want to bring order so that you can have freedom. I want you to have freedom, so let me bring some more order into your life. Like, they're connected. They're so connected. Psalm 119. All throughout the psalm, it's talking about how the writer, the psalmist, is talking about how he craves and longs for the instructions and the law of the Lord. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've read that. I'm just being real with you. And I wasn't lining up with the psalmist. The psalmist saying, oh, all the day long, I just think about all your instructions and ordinances and commands. Oh, when you command me to do something, and oh, I just, I long for your commands. It, I might mean, be the only one up here. Is anyone, like, that's what you think all day long? You just want God to tell you what to do all day long, and you're just, you're loving that? There's something within us that we don't want that. But the psalmist has come to a place where they're saying, actually, God's law, it actually brings me life. I think it came up, wrote that one Psalm 118, right? It's one of the verses in there, somewhere there. Verse 45 says, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I've committed myself to obey you no matter what, therefore I walk in freedom. I've had people, I was sharing with my son the other day, one of the greatest things was, I thank God I was born into a good Christian family. I went to a private Christian school. I graduated from Bible college. And God said, you are not ready for ministry. He said, go work in a secular job. Go work with people who aren't Christians. I need to experience what real life is like, what everyone else has to go through. And I was persecuted. People would make fun of me. People would put images in my face and laugh at me. I, and pray. I thank God I had to go through all of that. And people would make fun of me. Brian, why, why do you, like, your religion is such a crutch. Why don't you come party with us? Why don't you have fun with us? They would invite me to things. Like, you're such a, like, goody two-shoes. Like, your life is so limited. Your life, man, you're missing out on so much fun. They're so deceived. Like, no, you think getting drunk is fun? No, no. Look what that does to your relationship. You getting drunk now look at what your wife thinks of you. Now look at your marriage. You think getting divorced four times is fun? No, I'm not getting drunk. I'm not doing that. Whatever it is, the world wants to make it look fun and there's more freedom. But the reality is, when you follow God, life is so much more enjoyable. And can I tell you, that's the number one reason why I feel like God called me to be a pastor is not because I'm such a great teacher, not because I know God's word, not because I'm eloquent at anything. It's because of this. It drives people nuts. And I've had people leave this church it's because I really believe I'm God's favorite. I love my life so much that I want you to experience the same thing. I'm not the greatest evangelist. I'm not the greatest teacher. I'm not the greatest pastor. But there's something just burning in my heart. I love my life. I enjoy it. It's not all easy. But I love it. And I want you to have the same kind of life. I want you to live in the freedom I have. I want you to live in the enjoyment of coming under his ordinances and loving his law. It really is a beautiful life. Just being real and honest with you. 
I have felt in this last several months, man, I've, I've felt emotionally and in my mind, the enemy has attacked me where I, I felt discouraged. I have not really felt, I'm, I'm the champion of hope. I'm a very hope-filled person. I'm always, the, the glass is ha- half full, right? That's just my natural disposition. I've had to fight for courage. I've had to fight to be hopeful. So I know what it's like, all those different things, but I'm just telling you, I thank God it's not in my own ability. Let me read you some scriptures because it's so important. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. It's not Ryan fighting for my own freedom that I become free. I know I have to take every thought captive. I have a partnership with Jesus. But I thank God it's not Ryan's ability to take every thought captive that sets me apart and allows me to live in such great freedom. It's because of Jesus. It's because of his overwhelming grace and mercy towards me. It's me just coming, God, I need you. I need your grace. I feel this way. I'm having these thoughts. I just need you to save me. I need your mercy. I don't know how to get myself out of this, but I just worship you and I come under your shadow and I come under your wing and I come under your protection and I come under your authority. And now I feel your peace. And now I feel your yoke that is easy and your burden that's light. And you're removing all the burdens that I was putting on myself. And I experience freedom under your control, under your authority. Let me read to you some of those scriptures. Let me find them. 1 Peter 2.16 says this. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. 1 Peter 2.16 Live as free people, and at the end it says, live as God's slaves. So are you to live free or to live like a slave? Yes. Yes. Paul talks about it. Paul talks about how he's, he's like, he's bound to obey God. Like, I am, I'm, I'm crucified with Christ, right? He says all these different things like, I am a bondservant. That's what he opens up so many of his, his letters. I'm a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Paul saw himself, and I'm just, I'm chained to him. I, I cannot come under, I just, I, whatever he wants, that's what I'm going to do. But at the same time, Paul's the one talking about freedom. Man, the law, the law was great that it helped us understand things, but the law leaves you in bondage. It's for grace, Man, it's grace. And Paul's the one talking about, let's get out from under the law and all the rules and let's live in grace. And Paul understands both. So Peter's saying the same thing. Live as free people. But don't use your freedom to cover up your evil. Well, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. Well, not if that's not what God wants. You're free to do that, but don't think you're really under freedom. In the Passion Translation, it says it this way. As God's loving servants... You should live in complete freedom. You don't have to raise your hands. Who here feels like you are living in complete freedom? It's the word of the Lord. It's a commandment. As God's loving servants, you should be living in complete freedom. James 125, I'm going to go through these really quick. James 125, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but actually doing it, they will be blessed in whatever they do. 
Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. So does God's word bring freedom? Restricting yourself to the do's and don'ts of, God, uh, do's and don'ts of God's law, does that bring freedom? Yes. yes. Doing it God's way brings you freedom. John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You shall know the truth. It's not truth makes you free. I can just quote truth up here, and everyone doesn't leave here free. free. Just because truth was spoken in the atmosphere doesn't make you free. It's when you know the truth. When you have experiential knowledge with Jesus, who is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets the Father except through him. When you know him as truth, you're free. John 8, 36, I quoted already. So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. You already read Psalm 119. 1 Corinthians 6.12. Let me our last verse we read. 1 Corinthians 6.12. It's true that our freedom allows us to do anything. But that doesn't mean that everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose. But I choose to never be enslaved to anything or anyone but Jesus Christ. I am free. You are free to choose anything you want. You're creating in God's image. You can do whatever you want. But just know whatever you choose... There's consequences, there's results, there's, there's, something that's, there's an effect of your choice. You choose to do it your way, it's guaranteed slavery and bondage. You choose to do it God's way, you're guaranteed increased freedom in your life. Hmm. As the worship team comes up, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? I, I really got the mental picture of the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters, right? Genesis chapter one. You, I don't have time to really unpack that whole thing, but you realize I'm not a, an astrophysicist, but I, I read from one astrophysicist, really smart one guy, and I understood a little bit of what he was saying. And he was saying the earth, when God created the earth, right? He created the universe, the galaxies, all the things that we created the earth. It started off as this big soupy mix of gases and water. No light, it was this cloud covering. No light could penetrate through the surface until God spoke and said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit was hovering over and light penetrated into that darkness. And now photons, light photons were coming in and allowed things that could never exist to exist. And there was an order to things, right? God didn't create animals first without plants. He didn't create plants first without separating land from water. There was an order and a structure to how God created everything. And in his order and structure, he brought incredible freedom. And I get this mental image that just as the Holy Spirit did that over creation, over our planet Earth, the Holy Spirit is hovering over your life this morning. He's hovering over your present circumstances. Your future, your divine design, the things God has created you to do. He's hovering over all your potential. He's hovering over all of it. All the hurts, all the heartaches, all the confusion, whatever's going on, he's hovering over it all. And he wants to bring order. He wants to bring structure. He wants you to know his thoughts and the plans he thinks towards you. Plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to know his thoughts. 
He wants to reveal to you his plans. But he doesn't throw his pearls to swine. If you want to make him Lord, then he'll speak to you. If you want to come under his lordship, he'll bring freedom. What's going on in your world? What's going on in your life? Do you need some structure and order? Do you need some freedom? We're just going to spend the time. I know service is officially closing right now at 12 o'clock, but we're going to sing another worship song. And I just invite you to respond. And you can respond right where you're at. That's possible. But I'm going to invite you. I didn't get to it, but this was on my heart. Jesus says, I'm the door. I quote it. He is the way to the Father. He is the good shepherd, but it says his sheep come through his doorway. You have to come through him. You have to actually leave where you're at and come through his threshold. I said as I open up the whole service, worship, I can feel and I can think something in my heart, but it has to be expressed. There's something about physically doing something that connects the spirit realm. I don't have to tell you, it's just true. So I'm inviting you. I'm not telling you you can't have an encounter with God where you're at. I'm just inviting you. If you want to come to the, the altar and you just want to say, God, I choose this day to come under your shadow. I need you to take off all the chaos in my life. I need you to make my yoke easy and my burden light. I need freedom. And if you, and maybe I'm just giving this invitation, if you're here today and maybe you've never given Jesus the rightful place to be your Lord of your life, today's the day. Or maybe you've done it before in the past, but you know right now he's not Lord. Then can I tell you, you need to be one of the people that comes up here. It's an invitation to everyone, the pastor, everyone to come up here. But if you want to make Jesus your Lord today, you better get up here. So just a second, I'm going to pray and close. I'm just gonna invite you to make one motion to stand in a second after I say amen, to stand with me as we sing one last worship song. But if you need to respond, make it one fluid motion to stand and just come all the way to the forward. Does that make sense? Holy Spirit, we invite you to be you. To be a spirit of freedom in this place. To be a spirit of wisdom and order and structure. So we come and we make you Lord. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus, you are Lord. And under your Lordship, I need your guidance. I need your leading. So Holy Spirit, would you help me? Would you lead me and guide me and help me? You're just my helper, Holy Spirit. So help. That's all I'm saying this morning is I need help. So I confess with my own mouth, I need you. I want you and I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Would you stand with me as we sing one last worship song? Come join me up front.